Hi, everybody. I'm Josh. And I'm Ethan. And this is The Young Perspective. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The other day I was scrolling through Instagram and I came across a post and the cover photo of the post read like this. The Pledge of Allegiance is a bizarre pro-American cult ritual that should not be recited in schools. And I was like, what? I mean, like, I had recited the Pledge of Allegiance a million, a million times, and it's every public school says the Pledge of Allegiance. I just, I was like, what? Um, so I was like, we need to do an episode about this. And by the way, this post is by Matt XIV. Yeah. So we're going to read through the post. There are a lot of different pages on uh, slides of the post. And, you know, each slide is talking about a different point of why it should not be said in schools. Okay, so we're just going to start by reading each one and analyzing it. Okay, so the first slide says, what is the Pledge of Allegiance? The pledge is an expression of patriotism and allegiance to the U.S. flag. It was created in 1892 by Francis Bellamy, an early democratic socialist who believed in the separation between church and state and did not include the words under God in the original version. Today, 45 out of 50 states require that the Pledge of Allegiance is recited by students at the beginning of each school day. Yeah, so this is just the first page. We're just going to skip it and move on to the next one. The next one is just a video of some little puppet doing the Pledge of Allegiance. We'll skip it. So the next one says, you are not required to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, and no one can force you to. In the 1943 Supreme Court case, West Virginia State Board of Education versus Barnett, it was ruled that students cannot be forced to salute the flag or say the Pledge of Allegiance. The decision of the court stated that, if there is any fixed star in our constitutional constellation, it is that no official can prescribe what shall be orthodox in politics, nationalism, or religion. So this slide is actually right. We do have a First Amendment in this country where it says we have the right to speak as we want. Wait, let me find it. It says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or bridging the freedom of speech or of, of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Right? So the government can't abridge the freedom of speech. And the question really is when the government makes you stand up every morning in a public school to cite the Pledge of Allegiance, is that violating your freedom of speech? In the 1943 case, said it was, right? We have a right to freedom of speech. How can the government come and say that we, that we have to say the Pledge right. of Allegiance? Right, basically we're forcing kids every day to state all of these different things. And there are a lot of things in the, there are a lot of statements, political statements in the Pledge of Allegiance that maybe not everyone agrees with. And it gets into the idea of do we want to teach our children patriotism and make them really think about patriotism and be super patriotic from a young age. So we'll get more into that later. Okay, and that brings us to our next slide. The Pledge of Allegiance encourages blind patriotism for children who are often too young to understand what they are saying. Too many people around the world, the pledge is viewed as a kind of bizarre U.S. nationalist brainwashing ritual. In most schools, children begin saying the pledge every day at age six. The truth is, most six-year-olds do not understand the meaning of the pledge, nor do they understand the violently racist and xenophobic history of the United States. Six-year-olds cannot properly consent to pledging their allegiance to a country, and they shouldn't have to. I mean, are you kidding me? I agree. The U.S. does have a violent and xenophobic history, but the U.S. is also one of the greatest countries in the world. 
Um, and we should be patriotic of the country we live in. The, the location on the post is actually America is not the greatest country anymore. That, that's the location this guy put. And that, again, is, is forcing the idea that America isn't great and we shouldn't be patriotic of our country. And I just can't understand that. America does have a terrible past in some parts of it, but we also have a great past. The 20th century, we did a lot of great things for this world. We brought a lot of people out of poverty. We, we helped save the, the Europe from World War II. We, we, you know, they talk about the American experiment, the experiment of capitalism and democracy. And it's really unbelievable. We've pr provided rights to thousands of people. We, we provided rights to thousands of colonists when we separated from England, the right to vote. The, the right, I mean, the right for, to, for representation in, in, in a parliament or Congress. I don't understand how America isn't the greatest country in the world anymore when millions upon millions upon millions of people every year are trying to come. America, we can't even let them all in, right? We have problems letting all the immigrants in from, from, Mexico, from the U.S.-Mexico border or it takes years to get a green card. So many people want to come to America. How can it not be the greatest country anymore? I, I agree with that, Josh, that, you know, America is a land of opportunity and is a land of freedom that still has its problems, but does a lot better than other countries. But the only problem with saying that is that we get complacent. We say, because America is so great that, you know, we don't have to improve. We don't have to acknowledge all the terrible police brutality and racism and xenophobia in our country. We just say, oh, well, it's an issue. You know, we're better than other countries. We can be complacent with where we are, which is not a good thing. We want to push ourselves to be the best we are just because you know, we are a great country doesn't mean that there isn't still much, much more that we can do to be better. What this slide of the post is saying is that we shouldn't teach kids to be blindly patriotic to America, first of all, because America isn't that great anymore. America does have problems like every other country in the world. We have had a rocky history, right? Good and bad. And we do have internal problems, such as racism, such as social issues, such as economic issues and some economic inequalities. But still, we're miles ahead of many other countries in this world. Would you rather be an African country who's struggling to, to, to offer electricity and water to all its citizens? Would you rather be a Middle Eastern country who suppresses their people and, and suppresses the rights of many people who aren't Muslim or who, who, who aren't like them? Would you rather be an Asian country where you're, where you're in poverty and, I mean, the country can't feed you, you're starving? I wouldn't. I'd rather be in America because we're democratic and we're free. Our only real competitor is Europe, but people aren't flocking to Europe in the same way they're flocking to the United States because the United States is more capitalist and has more opportunity. I think that the problem with what these people are trying to say, and I'm reading through a lot of the comments, is that they think that uh, and they even say it in the they're brainwashing brainwashing kids. I think that I mean I kind of I get what they're coming where they're coming from in the sense that you know we're from a young age kids can't make their own decisions. We're telling them all of these things, but a lot of it is not true. And there are a lot of you know the the freedom and justice we're saying that is in America isn't perfect. But the problem with that is that we still kids can't understand that America isn't perfect. So we can either teach them about these key issues about justice and freedom and we get kids to learn about it through t saying that america does these things that these are key values to us and so even if it's not a hundred percent accurate we still teach them that these are important and when they grow up later to understand that there are problems with these things they understand that 
we still want these things to happen and that, you know, they can grow up to maybe implement those things. So this brings us to our next slide. It says, liberty and justice for all is not something that actually exists in, in this country. The United States has never had and still does not have liberty and justice for all. It's American ideal that the country has never actually lived up to. The United States was born out of slavery and genocide. Today, racism, xenophobia, homophobia, transphobia, etc., are woven deeply into the fabric of this country. To recite the pledge that claims liberty and justice for all Americans is not only a lofty ideal, it's also a lie. Like Ethan was saying, we do have problems, but liberty and justice for all are, is an aspiration. We need to teach people, kids and adults, that we aspire for liberty and justice for all. When you take it out and you don't recite the pledge, you're saying America doesn't have it, and I'm not trying to change it. But when these kids grow up who are reciting the pledge, they will try to aspire to create more liberty and justice for all. And maybe when it says, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands one nation, maybe that nation isn't the government that's you know really messing up and doing all these terrible things. It's the nation of people. And it's our ideals that we care as a republic to have liberty and justice for all. And so if we teach our kids that as a country and as good humans, that these are things that we want, that's an important way to do it. Maybe it's not perfect. It's not a perfect thing. But I, think, I still think that there's good that comes and good messages that come from the Pledge of Allegiance. One thing that we do have to understand is that, you know, there are a lot of kids, maybe kids of color, who are hearing these things in the National Anthem. and feeling that this isn't what's actually happening in America. And that's completely understandable. And so anyone, any kid should be allowed to sit out of the national anthem and feel supported in that decision. They shouldn't have to be worried about people making fun of them or teachers getting them in trouble. It should be a political opinion that they have and they have the right to stop doing. Yeah, that's right. In the 1943 decision of the West Virginia Board of Education versus Barnett says that any student can sit down. But the problem is there are not only social repercussions, but there can also be repercussions among the teachers and the schools when the student does sit down. I mean, it's not perfect. Not every law can be enforced in the way it is meant to be. And that is one of the problems. When a kid sits down, the teachers often get mad. The school districts often get mad, especially in more conservative districts, um, because they're bigger on patriotism. But it's not like it's consequenceless. There are consequences a student faces for sitting down. And, and I believe really that that is a problem, that a student shouldn't be judged for practicing his freedom of speech, with the, which the First Amendment ensures him. And to add on to that, the real question is, does the government need to legislate patriotism, right? We have a freedom of speech. We have, we have the First Amendment, which guarantees us freedom of speech. But does the government need to legislate and tell us that we should be loving our country, and we should be patriotic. And that's just a question I think that could be discussed in a whole other episode. Yeah. Okay, the next slide says, the Pledge of Allegiance ignores the separation between church and state. One nation under God was added to the pledge in 1954 of President Eisenhower, who said, from this day forward, the millions of our school children will daily proclaim in every city and town, every village and rural schoolhouse, the dedication of our nation and our people to the Almighty. It's a blatant violation of the separation between church and government upholds the idea that a God, who many people do not believe in, rules the country and simply makes the pledge look like a strange cult ritual, which it is. As a Jew 
who went to public school for all of my elementary school, six years, and said this. I mean, as a Jew, I believe in God, but not in a Christian God, in a, in a sense, though it's kind of similar. I completely get this point. And while I get the point that this is definite violation of church and state, there are so many worse violations of church and state in public schools that need to be addressed first. Everywhere you went, like what? Christmas. Everywhere you went was Christian holidays. Everywhere you went, people talked about, not just kids, but also teachers would talk about uh, Christianity and maybe even we'd talk about it in class and learn about it. And we didn't learn about any other religions. And so while separation of church and state is a huge problem in our country, and especially in public schools, there are other parts of, of separation of church and state that are worse. And I think just this two words under God isn't the hugest deal and doesn't really, I don't know, it didn't bother me. But I could see how it could bother others. What most people fail to understand is that the United States was built on Judeo-Christian values. The founding fathers were Christian. A lot of the laws and morals this country has were taken from the Bible. And, and we can't deny that just like we can't deny our history. It's not right for us to deny any part of our history, good or bad. And we can't deny our roots of being, of being Judeo-Christian and morals from the Bible. But on the other hand, we do have to be careful of putting a religion upon a, a person, right? If, if, the, if the Pledge of Allegiance is required in public schools, then I guess saying under God, saying you believe in God is also required. And, and that shouldn't be right. But again, comes down to the, the, that the Pledge of Allegiance isn't required and you can sit down with some social repercussions. Um, and I do agree that is something that is contentious and, and could change and, and should change probably. And that part of the, uh, the anthem, as we said, was added during 1954 by President Eisenhower during the Cold War when they were trying to fight godless communists. And so that was another pro-American, anti-communist, anti-atheist part of our history that maybe wasn't so perfect. And so I think that that part of the anthem definitely could be looked at and definitely could understand why someone wouldn't want to say that. Then the next two slides are right at the end. They just say, while students are not legally required to stand for the pledge, they are socially punished for not doing so. Uh, it just has some news headlines. It says, Texas just said in court that a black girl had to stand for a pledge of allegiance. Students suspended, expelled, and arrested for refusing to recite the pledge of allegiance. Florida student faces misdemeanor charges after refusing to stand for the pledge of allegiance. Like we said, there are social repercussions. There definitely are. That is something that definitely needs to be addressed and changed. And then the last slide says, you cannot be forced to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, so don't. So even though the post came across as you can't be forced, the real point of the post in the end is don't, so don't. Don't stand for the Pledge of Allegiance because our country isn't great anymore, because we suppress some people, because we have a bad history, because we don't have liberty and justice for all, because we're a Christian country. That is why you shouldn't support the United States. And I just think that's so inherently wrong because of all the good we've done and because of all the good we're doing and because of all the opportunities we provide. Though there are problems, we still should support our country. I agree, Josh, that we should still support our country because in the end, just completely saying there's no good in America isn't true and that patriotism is important in teaching our kids because it's just something that, you know, kids shouldn't have to worry about all these terrible things that happen in our country. They should be able to say, my country is great and not have to worry about all the problems in it. 
But I also think that what this post is trying to say is that if you don't believe in the in the Pledge of Allegiance, if that's like it goes against your opinions, your political opinions, or your religious opinions, and don't say it. And I kind of have a, a quote from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He said, one of the ironies of the way some people express their patriotism is to brag about our freedoms, especially freedom of speech, but then brand as unpatriotic those who exercise this freedom to express dissatisfaction with the government's record in upholding the Constitution. I thought this was interesting because I, I, I think he's right. A lot of people, you know, brag about freedoms, and freedom of speech is one of the most inherent speech uh, is one of the most inherent freedoms of America. But then they get mad at people when they exercise their freedom of speech to say that you know America isn't so great and they're a little bit unpatriotic, and that's that's ironic and that goes against uh, what exactly what they're saying. And so, do what you want. I mean, it's your opinion. It's your freedom of speech to choose not to say something. But I also don't think that schools should completely get rid of it because a lot of people enjoy saying it. And it teaches good morals and lessons to kids, even though it might not be exactly true. So we want to encourage you all to think about this a little bit. Should kids say the Pledge of Allegiance in school? Should they not? Did you as a kid say it? Did you, do you have any memories of teachers getting mad for students who didn't say it? Um, if, you, if you want to reach out to us with your thoughts, reach out to us at ejtheyoungperspective at gmail.com. And we're also on Instagram, the underscore young underscore perspective. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And remember, this was The Young Perspective.